I'm your host, Rufi Castro, and welcome to the Epicenter Fresno podcast. Shalom, shalom, my friends, and welcome back. In this episode, we're going to be giving an introduction to the biblical Sabbath. And one of the comments that you will run into when you talk about the biblical Sabbath is that Jesus Christ did away with that uh, on the cross. That was all part of the law of Moses. That was all part of Sinai, and Jesus did away with that. We're not going to be touching whether Jesus did away with the covenant at Mount Sinai or not. That would be an episode for a different time. Uh, The short answer is no, he did not do away with it. What we do want to talk about is that the Sabbath was actually ordained by God before Sinai. So let me give you uh, an example. And I say this to a lot of my, my church friends And a lot of people that have been in church for a while and some of my pastor friends, when we talk about the Sabbath and they bring this up. And the one thing I like to bring up is tithing. So when you think about tithing, people that are against tithing will say, well, you know, that was in the covenant of Sinai and Jesus did away with that. And we're very quick to point out to individuals that tithing was actually introduced to us in the book of Genesis when Abraham gave his tithes to Melchizedek. So obviously the book of Genesis and Abraham was prior to Mount Sinai. I want us to use that same logic when we talk about the Sabbath, because the first time we're introduced to the Sabbath is actually in Genesis chapter 2. That's way before Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, before Moses, before Mount Sinai. Before all of that, in Genesis chapter 2, before we are even introduced to the concept of sin, which that's introduced in Genesis chapter 3, we are introduced to the biblical Sabbath. So when you read Genesis chapter 2, and I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible, obviously you can read out of your favorite version. Genesis chapter 2 verse 1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, along with everything in them. On the seventh day, God finished with his work, which he had made. So he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had made. God blessed the seventh day and separated it as holy, because on that day, God rested from all his work, which he had created so that it itself could produce. A couple of things that we need to point out here is that The seventh day is the only day that God blessed. When you go through the story of creation, you don't hear God blessing any other day. You hear vocabulary such as, and God said that it was good. So again, Shabbat means rest. It is the kind of rest, if I could use the analogy, when you are tired and you lay in your bed and you feel like your bed just kind of hugs you and kind of swallows you up and you feel good, that's the kind of rest that Shabbat translates into. Obviously, it is also a spiritual rest. 
So going back to the scripture, we realize that God only blessed one day, and that was the seventh day he rested from it. The Sabbath became the original covenant that God had ordained, not only for his people, because we're very quick to say, well, that's a Jewish thing. No, that's incorrect, because Genesis chapter 2, there are no Jewish people. It is Adam and Eve. That's that's it. It's just so... What that helps us to understand is that it is the original covenant, if you will, the very first covenant that he made with his creation, with the human race, which you and I are a part of. So neither Jew nor Gentile, as as Shaul says, the Apostle Paul, there was no Jew, there was no Gentile humanity. This is a sign that the Lord gave humanity. The second time that the Sabbath comes up is in Exodus chapter 20. This is now Mount Sinai. This is the the covenant that God made with his people. Now, this is the chapter that the majority of my Christian brethren out there will point to when we talk about the Sabbath. And this is why you hear them say, well, that's That was uh, from the law, the law of Moses. That was uh, from Sinai. Well, the reason they say that is because it's in Exodus chapter 20. Before we hit Exodus chapter 20, though, I do want to take you to Exodus chapter 12. Because you hear a lot that the Sabbath is for Jews, uh, that the Sabbath is for the children of Israel, that the Sabbath has nothing to do with us as Gentiles. It has nothing to do with us as whatever nationality we are. If if you're not Jewish, you have nothing to worry about. Well, here's the thing. There is a verse that gets overlooked many times when we're reading the story of the Passover in Exodus chapter number 12. And it gets looked over because of what we like to call the lullaby effect. Let me explain what the lullaby effect is. The lullaby effect is that idea that you are so familiar with the story that you don't take the time to really read it anymore. You don't take the time to ponder on what you're reading, ask questions, what sticks out to me in this story, because you're very familiar with it. So let me give you this example. So when it comes to a lullaby, think of Rockabye Baby, right? We, we sing that. Uh, we grew up hearing it. Those that are parents, I'm sure you sang it, right? Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. I'm not going to sing. Uh, I don't, I don't want to bust your ears out. But you guys know that, right? You guys know the song. Have you ever stopped to actually think about the lyrics? This is something that we asked Epicenter when we first introduced this whole concept about the lullaby effect, which I did not come up with. Uh, this is an idea and verbiage from uh, Rabbi David Foreman. He's the one that came up with that. So we, we just use, utilize that idea uh, as we continue in our learning of Scripture. When you think about the lyrics, rock baby on the treetop, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the branch breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby, cradle and awe. Have you ever thought about how horrible those lyrics are? And we sing them to our kids, right? We sing it, but have you ever thought about, and have you ever questioned, well, wait a minute, have you ever asked the question, what in the world is a baby doing on top of a tree? 
who placed the baby up there? Did the mother place it? Was it the father? Did somebody call CPS? Why would you place the baby on a tree? And this is horrible. The branch breaks and the baby's going to come down, cradle and all. So does the baby survive? Is the baby paralyzed? Does the baby die? I mean, when you really think about the lyrics of that song, it, it, it's a very horrible song. Yet we sing it in, and, and we teach it to our kids and we grew up, you know, hearing that song. Uh, but when you stop and actually think about it, the lyrics are horrible. It's a horrible, horrible song to sing. That is the lullaby effect, where you're so used to something that you no longer question it. You no longer look at it objectively anymore because you're so used to it. So when it comes to the story of the first Passover, this is what we know about it. God told Moses, I want you to kill a lamb. And I want you to take the blood and I want you to put the blood on the doorpost. And if you're lucky, you read that the, the lamb gets um, cooked, you know, gets cooked all the way. Um, and uh, you eat it and you eat it uh, very quickly. And you have your sandals on, you have your staff on uh, because the angel of the Lord is going to pass over you and uh, your firstborn will be saved. And another thing that we remember is that that's the night that Israel left Egypt and we get to the Red Sea and the Red Sea opens up and we make it to Mount Sinai. So when we when we talk about the very first Passover, when we think about the very first Passover, those are the things that kind of stand out to us. In fact, you find it in Exodus chapter 20, but because of the lullaby effect, Number one, we won't read the whole chapter because we know the story. But number two, even if we read the whole chapter, there are things that we miss because we know the story. And because we know the story, there's no reason for me to take the time to slow down and to read it. Well, here's something. Because I said all that to say this, because a lot of people will say, well, the Sabbath, that's for the Jews. It's for the Hebrews that came out of Egypt. It's not for us. It has nothing to do for us. When you look at... Exodus chapter number 12, starting at verse 37, the word of the Lord reads as follows. The people of Israel traveled from Ramses to Sukkot, some 600,000 men on foot, not counting children. Verse 38 is a verse that for whatever reason, we read it and we don't catch it. At least for me, I won't say this for you. I'll say it for me. Verse 38 says a mixed crowd your Bible may say a mixed multitude also went up with them as well as livestock in large numbers, both flocks and herds. Pause right there. Did you catch that? A mixed multitude went with the children of Israel. So here's the thing. Because of the lullaby effect, for some reason, and it's not your fault. It's not your Sunday school teacher's fault. It's not your pastor's fault. Somewhere along the line, we've been led to believe that it was only the children of Israel that came out of Egypt. And I don't know if it was the cartoons that we watched on, on the subject. I don't know if it was the movies that we watched on the subject, but we've been led to believe that it was just the children of Israel that came out of Egypt. In fact, the Bible lets us know it was a mixed multitude. You have to remember that Egypt was the superpower of that time period. So they didn't just enslave the Hebrews. They didn't just enslave the children of Israel. They had other slaves. They had enslaved multitude of nations. 
They were, like I said, the superpower of that time period. They were the di- dictatorship of that time period. So the Bible says that this mixed multitude comes out of Egypt. So when you get to chapter 19, the Lord tells Moses to tell the the multitude that came out of Egypt to sanctify themselves for three days because on that fourth day, the Lord was going to be visiting them on what you and I now know as Mount Sinai. Don't forget to check out our website, www.epicenterfresno.com, where you will find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram, and our YouTube channel.